Man. Woo! I was waiting for that, Aaron. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so good. How are you guys doing today? You guys excited to be here? Man, I am so excited you're in the cooler. Yeah, fall left us for one weekend, but it'll be back next week, and I check. It's coming back, so don't worry. Well, I'm glad to be with you. My name's Rick, and uh, I'm the executive pastor here, and I'm so excited you're with us today. Today, we're going to talk about parenting. Uh, boy, this is one of those daunting topics. How do you in one Sunday cover all the aspects of parenting so that people leave here feeling like, I got some tools in my belt now? Well, let's do something real quick. Indulge me in a scientific study. I'm, I'm going to do a scientific polling of this room right now to see if this message might be relevant for you today or not, all right? So let's try this out real quick. Stand if this applies to you, okay? If you are currently a parent, I want you to stand wherever you're at. All right, let's go. Okay, there was already a parent standing way in the back. He was ready to go. Yep, I saw you up there. Nicely done, yep. Okay, all right. Stand if you want to be a parent someday. Everyone keep standing, and those join who want to be a parent. Okay, all right. I appreciate the honesty in the room right now. Okay, keep standing. Stand if you have parents. Oh, yeah, look. Oh, whoa, some of you still are standing. <laughs> I love that. They're dedicated to this. Nicely done. Well, it's relevant to almost everybody in the room. Stay standing there real quick. All right. So if you've been parenting for 50 years or more, remain standing. Everyone else sit down. 50 years or more. Wow. <laughs> Woo! All right. This worked out perfectly. You're going to come up and teach now. So come on up. No, I'm, I'm kidding. If you don't like this message, see them afterwards, because they will tell you how to parent, all right? You guys can be seated. Thanks so much for standing today. That's so good. So, you know, the bottom line is parenting connects to us all in some way. Maybe we're currently in, 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 in parenting right now, or, or we're grandparents, and we're watching our grandkids grow up, or we're empty nesters, or we're dreaming about the future someday when we'll get married and have kids. The thing is, what you're downloading into your kids, into the next generation, into yourself is so important. Yeah. Being a parent is one of the most incredible gifts that God gives each one of us. I remember the first time my, my first child was born, my son, Jonathan, and, and nothing prepared me for the moment when I was in the hospital room holding him for the first time. Every parent here can relate to what I'm saying. When you're holding your child for the first time in your arms, you're overwhelmed with emotion. It's, it's more emotional than the most cheesy romantic movie. Yeah. I mean, it is a moment that you cannot prepare for, just overwhelmed. And then you start thinking about the future and, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to raise this child? Am I going to be a good parent? And then as the years roll on, you have those moments when your kids take their first steps and you get to be there for those moments. When your son rides his bike for the first time, when my daughter was born, all of these amazing moments. And, and then there's hard times that come too, like when I got the call that no parent wants to get from a lady who said your son was just hit by a car riding his bike. And there were minutes where we had no clue how our son was doing until the ambulance called, thanked the Lord, and said, he's going to be okay. Amen. And as it turns out, he just broke his hand. And then you have moments when your daughter gets her driver's license and you start to worry about every other driver on the road and your daughter at the same time. <laughs> and you're like, Lord, would you be with my daughter as she's driving? She can barely see over the steering wheel. <laughs> And then there's other firsts, like when your daughter has her first boyfriend. That, that wasn't a fun moment. Anyways, um, but it's amazing as you watch your kids grow up, and then you get to graduations. I've seen both of my kids graduate high school, and my son graduate college. And now my wife and I are empty nesters. It is, yes, we made it. It is why my beard is so gray, though, so that is pretty much the requirement for dads. Um, 
Here's my kids when they were younger, right here. Check this photo out. There they are, Jonathan and Katie when they were young. And then time goes by so fast, they get old. And here we are, not long ago at Disneyland. There's Jonathan and Katie and my wife and I. We're big Star Wars fans, as you can tell. One interesting thing about that photo is my wife is... She has a very famous title. She is the world's biggest Jar Jar Binks fan. So she's wearing her Jar Jar Binks shirt. If you know Star Wars, you know that's a pretty big feat because not many people love Jar Jar Binks. Um, you know, it's so important when we look at being a parent to understand that what we download into our kids is so important. Recently, you know, I'm a huge Apple fan. And I'm that guy that gets the new iPhone every year. And part of it comes from, I work for Apple. I was in leadership there. And so Apple is just kind of in me and I love it and I'm a fan. Um, and so I always get the new iPhone. So I have the new iPhone 13 here. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> thanks for your excitement. Um, appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> it did hit my wallet a little bit. But anyways, um, but, you know, it used to be, the iPhone for me used to be about what we call the hardware, what you can touch, what you see on the outside, how beautiful it looks. Like, wow, look at that hardware. Look at the outside. But as the years have go on, kind of like parenting, I've realized it's actually what we call the OS, the operating system, what goes inside it that matters most. The applications, the things you can do, how it monitors your health, how you can take photos, the photo improvements get so much better with each iteration of the iPhone. The operating system matters more than the hardware. What's on the inside matters more than what's on the outside. And what I know is my phone's going to get automatic updates whether I like it or not. The updates are going to happen. Your kids are going to get automatic updates from the world in them. There's going to be an operating system deposited in them from the culture around us, the question is, are you downloading God's operating system in your kids? You see, there's an OS in the kingdom that God wants to download inside of each one of us because God knows what we, how, how the applications in our life can play out best. He knows our giftings. He knows what he wants to use us for. And so God wants to use us as parents, as mentors, as grandparents, as teachers to download into the next generation his operating system. You know, Marvel and DC Comics are a big deal right now. Everybody wants to be a superhero. And so kids look up to these superheroes that we see on the big screen, and they are fun. It's fun to go see those movies. But what I know in our world today, if you want to know the real superheroes, the real ones, it's parents. Parents are superheroes. Let me tell you, the culture is coming in around, and the culture doesn't want parents to parent. It is getting harder and harder to deposit truth into our kids, God's truth. Truth, as we know, has become relative. Everybody has their truth. It's my truth. It's your truth. Everybody's truth is different. But we just heard up here from Antoinette, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is a truth. There is an operating system that God wants to use you as parents to download into your kids. You are the heroes. You are the one that God has called to influence the next generation. So if you want to influence the next generation, it starts with influencing parents. Every parent who loves the Lord has a desire to see their kids one day know Jesus. That's in every parent's heart. And man, there are many wonderful stories of that happening. And sometimes things get sideways. If you're a parent out there and your kid's not walking with the Lord right now, this message is for you too. God wants to use you to stand up and be that hero again in their life. God can restore any broken thing. We've seen stories of God restoring relationships Amen. between parents and kids. Some of you are sitting there and you are those stories. God can do that. Yeah, that deserves an applause. Come on, God can restore broken relationships. But it doesn't happen by accident. It takes intentional training. It takes a whole lot of unconditional love. I love the story in scripture of Abraham and Isaac where Abraham was promised by God a child. 
And he waited and he waited and he waited. And in his old age, God finally gave him Isaac, the promised child. And scripture talks about how Abraham didn't always get it right. But what Abraham knew to do as a parent was listen to the voice of God. In fact, he listened to the voice of God say, take your son to this place and sacrifice your son. And Abraham was obedient in his parenting. He took his son to that place. He laid him on the altar. Now, if Abraham was only listening to the voice of God from yesterday or last week or a month ago, he wasn't training his voice to listen to, the, to, listen to God each and every day in each and every moment. He would have missed the moment when God said, right as he was about to sacrifice his son, there's another way I'm providing the lamb. God spoke to him and said, there's another way because he was listening to the voice of God. As parents, if we don't listen to the voice of God, we're going to miss those moments. We're going to make mistakes sometimes that are hard to unwind. We, God can restore, but God says, I want you to listen to me. Listen to my voice. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, have something to say about parenting and listening. In fact, verses 4 and 5, I'm going to read the whole thing in a minute, but verses 4 and 5 are what the Jewish people call the Shema. The Shema is a prayer that every Jew knows. They pray it in the morning and in the evening. It's like, um, it's like the Lord's Prayer to a Christian. And the Shema simply says, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Shema, the word Shema comes from the very first word in that verse, listen. It's the Hebrew word for listen. See, there's something that God wants us to listen to as parents. Are we listening to him each and every day? In fact, the Shema was so important that Jesus, when he was asked by the Pharisees, what's the greatest commandment, he said, the Shema, and then he added on to it by saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. There is something so important as parents that the Lord wants us to download into our kids, how to love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength. Let's take a look at what this kingdom-minded operating system is in Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 9. Sorry about that. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then, then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And here's the Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And then I believe here's a message for us who parent. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Are we listening? Are we listening? Because if we are, the Lord is going to teach us and show us as parents, as grandparents, as parents who are dreaming to be parents one day, as influencers of the next generation, God is going to teach us how to deposit and download into the next generation a love for the Lord with all their heart, their soul, and their strength. I want to look at a few points today that will hopefully unpack this a little bit more for you and be practical things that you can do. But I want to have this kind of little quick heart-to-heart -heart moment. In fact, I'm looking to you at home right now who is watching online. And I want to say to those of you at home and those of you in the room right now that you're not always going to get parenting right. 
and it's okay. As a parent, I've made just as many mistakes as I've often gotten things right. But when you make the mistakes, if you take them back to the Lord, he has a way of teaching you and growing you as a parent. And so these points I'm about to share with you, it's not the end all. It's not everything that scripture has to say about parenting, but there are a few things that God has deposited in me that hopefully will encourage you. And so let's look at the first one. Be a good role model. This is such an important thing for downloading God's operating system in our kids. Be a good role model. Most of us have heard the saying that said, for kids, things are caught more than they're taught. In fact, I heard a saying not long ago that took us a step further, that addresses the idea of being a role model. You can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. I could do a whole sermon on that right there. Maybe next time. Um, I'll say it one more time. You can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Who you are is what you're producing in other people. It's what you're downloading in your kids, what you're downloading in the next generation. Who you are is so important. So be a good role model. Do your kids see you spending time with Jesus? Do your kids see you in prayer? Do your kids see you being kind to somebody, being generous? Do your kids see you forgiving somebody? Hmm. Because things are caught more than they're taught. You will reproduce who you are. So if you get down the road and you see your kids getting a little sideways, look at what you're modeling. And say, Lord, correct it in me so you can correct it in them. You see, that is what it means to be mm, a good model. Be an example of what you want to see in your children. You see, it's funny how over time, and parents are going to understand what I'm saying. Over time, your kids take on your habits. They start to say the things you say. They start to do the mannerisms that you do. And sometimes that can be really scary in those moments. (laughs) Like, oh, no, have I done that? And sometimes it can be awesome when you see them standing in church next to you, raising their hands in worship. There's those wonderful moments, too. You know, for years and years, we tried to get our kids to keep their rooms clean, and it seemed like a never-ending task. Any parent can relate to me out there? Raise your hand. Yes, hallelujah. We're going to close in prayer right there. No, I'm kidding. Um, So many years, I tried to you know, teach my kids. And, and so, you know, it wasn't an easy thing. But one thing that my wife and I modeled was we married, married, <laughs> we, we made our bed every morning. And at night we had candles lit in our room. And I'm not talking about what we talked about last week. I'm just saying we had candles lit in our room. We just like the house to look nice and orderly and clean. That's a value that we have. Our kids didn't have that value for a long time though. And over the last year, they've become, uh, they, they're on their own. They're living on their own in Orange County, and it's so fun when my wife and I get to visit them. In fact, the first time we got to visit them both in their different places, it was really funny when we went in the rooms, and the beds were made, and the room was clean, and candles were lit. <laughs> like, where was this when you were living with us? But kids do catch the things that you model. Also, when it comes to being a good role model, what kind of friends do you hang out with as a parent? How are you modeling how to choose good friends to your kids? You know, it's one thing to want our kids to have good friends, but they're also looking at the influences and the things we allow in our life. They're watching those TV shows that we watch. I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you right now. They're watching the music we listen to. They're watching the influences that we take in. And somewhere down the road, when we want them to choose better friendships in their life, because we realize that friendships are so important for how our kids are influenced. In fact, there's a study that says this generation right now is the first generation where friendships will influence as much as parents, if not more. That's kind of a scary thought. But when you look at social media, it becomes really clear. 
Kids have constant access to their friends. They know where they're at at every moment. The bottom line is, if you want your kids to choose good friends, good influences, then you need to be choosing good influences in your life. You need to model that. Show love to those who are different, but, the in, but those who are influencing you, you need to make sure that you're modeling good influences to your kids. You see, model what it means to choose good friends. Proverbs 13.20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. We can all look at our life. We know the times when we walk with the wise and the times we walk with those who we probably shouldn't have. Maybe you were that person for somebody else, but God says, be a good role model to your kids. The second thing this morning is parent as one. Parent as one. I heard this quote that said, any two-headed creature is a monster. I'm talking about married couples for just a minute here. It is so important that parents are united in how they parent and how they show love. That parents represent to their kids what it means to be on the same team, to parent as one. You see, when we are unified in our decisions, or when we're not unified in our decisions, we undermine the authority of our spouse. And then what eventually happens that we don't realize is we actually undermine our own authority as a parent in our kids' lives. Any two-headed creature is a monster. Your kids are looking at you as a married couple. Are they seeing a monster? Or are they seeing parents who love one another? They're not perfect but they're striving to parent as one. Being unified in how you teach your kids is so important. Otherwise, you leave the door open for your kids to play one parent against another. And that's when you see challenges in families and in marriages. This good cop, bad cop thing that kids do. And man, I was so good at that as a kid with my parents. In, in my home with my wife and I, if our kids wanted clothes and they came to me, I was probably going to say no. They would go to my wife to get clothes. That's, that, that, that was something that my wife did. But if they wanted a toy and they went to mom, she was probably going to say no. But if they came to me, I was going to be the one to get the toy. In fact, so much so that my son and I have now an attic full of Star Wars toys. But that's a whole other um, issue that we have to deal with. Um, <laughs> Um, but the key is parent as one. Don't, don't let your kids play you against one another. And to single parents out there, this is for you too. Don't be double-minded. Don't be someone who is tossed by every wave or allows your decision-making to go back and forth. Be a parent who parents as one with Jesus. You can parent as one as a single parent with the Lord. And you can model what it means to do that to your children. So single parents rise up and parent as one with the Lord. And see how God can use that to model something to your kids. We can all parent as one to download God's operating system into our young people. The third thing this morning is build a relationship with your children. Build a relationship with your children. Years ago, I had a mentor ask me when I was starting out in youth ministry, he said, hey, how do kids spell love? And I said, L-O-V-E. And he said, actually, that's not how kids spell love. They spell love T-I-M-E. I was like, wow, mind blown. The more time you spend with your kids to build relationship, the more they feel loved by mom and dad. Now, time can be creative. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you have to spend days and days on end, but you can creatively every week find time to play catch with your son or to go to your daughter's rehearsal or sit and watch a movie together or have dinner together around the table, but having time with your kids is so important. 
we would work to make sure that time was fun, me and my wife. That, we have a huge value for fun in our home. So playing games and going to fun movies and all kinds of good stuff. But I found with my kids, there were certain connecting points. There were things that I could connect to with each one of my kids. And maybe you know what I'm talking about out there. With my son, I knew that I was going to connect and have relationship with him if we watched a Star Wars movie together because he's a huge Star Wars fan, or if I took him to a baseball game, because we're huge baseball fans. I wish I could right now say go Angels, but that doesn't apply at this moment in time. And if you're Dodger fans out there, I'm praying for you. Um, Oh, and there's also the Padres, but we don't talk about them. Um, Just kidding. Um, But I just lost a third of the audience. Nicely done, Rick. but my son and I would connect through baseball. My daughter loves coffee, and so we and I love coffee, so we would go to coffee shops and visit them together, and we would connect over a cup of coffee. As a family, we did what every good Southern California family does when you're raising kids to have fun. We got our annual passes to Disneyland, because that's what you do. That's a requirement in Southern California, right? And so for years and years, we took our kids to Disneyland, and we had fun and spent time with them. And often our kids would say, thanks, mom and dad. Thanks for spending time with me. And then every now and then that would translate to our kids saying, I feel loved by my parents. But see, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Are you spending time to build a relationship with your kids? Because as you build a relationship, here's what happens. Children who have a good relationship with their parents will often have a better and earlier relationship with Jesus. And so the relationship you have with your kids will help the relationship that you want them to have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus. You see, your relationship models the relationship we have with God. The family models that. Why do you think our culture, why do you think the enemy wants to take out the family? Because the family is one of God's greatest examples of the love that our Heavenly Father has for us as His children. And so the enemy knows if he can break down the relationship between parents and kids, he's got that family. But the Lord knows if he can build that relationship between parents and kids, he's got that family. And God's operating system gets deposited in those kids. And a generation is changed. And we see our community change, our nation change, and our world change. I'm going to say something that is not on my notes right now. And I didn't say last night. Sorry, Saturday night. But I'm going to say it to you guys right now. God's not finished yet. When you look at the news, I know you can get depressed. When you see what's happening in our nation, in our culture, you can think that maybe the best is behind us, but God has something he wants to do through his church right here and right now. God is not done with the family. God is not done with this generation. And dare I say for the church, the best is yet to come. God has more he wants to do. So build a relationship with your kids. See how God can use your family to change other families, to change your community. You know something you'll never regret? This is a promise from Pastor Rick McGee. (laughs) Sounded like a little commercial break. Uh, (laughs) Brought to you by... uh, You will never regret... Spending time with your kids. You won't. You will regret, though, when you miss the moments to spend time with your kids. And every parent knows what I'm talking about, about both of those things. We don't always get it right, but when we do, it's an awesome thing to watch. You will never regret it. I'll tell you, my dad modeled this to me years ago. One way that he modeled it to me, though, was... um, all throughout my life, into my adult years, right now, up to this very day, my dad calls me all the time. And he would find me wherever I'm at in the world. I've had the privilege of traveling to many countries on missions trips and leading teams and doing different things around the world. And, and somehow my dad finds me via the phone. And years ago when cell phones were not a thing, I was on a missions trip to Russia. And it, this 
was the craziest place. We were in the middle of, well, we landed in Moscow, and it was just a long day and, and a long trip, and, and, and a lot was happening. And, and I got to my hotel room, and when I walked into my hotel room after this long flight, literally when I opened the door, my phone was ringing. And, and I was anxious about this trip, and there was just a lot of things going on. And, and so I'm walking in the room, and my phone's ringing in my, hotel, in my hotel room in Moscow. And I think, okay, must be the front desk. Maybe they, you know, I forgot something, or maybe they're going to bring up warm towels. I don't know. Um, but I answered the phone and said, hello. And I heard, hello, Ricky, this is Dad. How are you doing? I just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you, and I love you, and I'm thinking about you. Now, it's cool now. In the moment, it was a little creepy, I got to be honest. I didn't tell my dad the hotel I was staying in. How did he know I was just walking in the door? There were, thi- there were mysterious things to this phone call. Oh, as I'm older, I know it's the Holy Spirit. I know that my dad listens. He listens, and the Holy Spirit speaks. And so he found me in the middle of Moscow, and he called me. You know, I put that same value with my kids. There are three people on the planet that can interrupt me in any meeting, and they know it. Three people. One's my wife, of course, and the other two are my son, Jonathan, and my daughter, Katie. They can interrupt me because I want them to know that I always have time for them. So, Pastor Aaron, that's why I had to answer the phone call in our meeting the other day. Sorry about that. Um, by the way, I love the mustache. I just have to say, it looks really good. It looks really good. Um, the fourth thing is intentionally train your children. Intentionally train your children if you want to download God's kingdom operating system in your kids. I want to reread Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7 to you again. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves as parents. I'm adding this in. Commit yourselves as parents wholeheartedly to see these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home or when you are on the road or when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. We must spend time teaching and training our kids about the Lord because what we know is our kids are not going to get that from the culture. They're not going to get the truth, capital T. They're going to get a version of a truth, a warped version that is not the truth that God wants to download into your kids. So if you want your kids to get the truth of God, it is up to you parents to stand up, to train your kids. You grandparents, to model that to younger generations. You youth workers and teachers and future aspirers of being parents, start modeling that now in your life because when it comes time to deposit God's truth, it is only going to come from His people, from you, from parents. So if we're going to deposit God's truth, if we're going to train our kids, we must train them first and foremost to listen to Jesus. Listen to the voice of God, to how the Holy Spirit leads. And one great way to train them is start right where where it begins with the Bible, with God's Word, how God speaks through His Word. I know as a kid, my parents would often, almost every night, read me a Bible story before I went to bed. And probably many of your parents did that to you. And Probably many of you do it with your kids, but I'm telling you, it works. They would read those Bible stories. I don't know if any of you remember, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but salesmen would come to your doors and sell these Bible stories, literally a whole set of them. And my parents bought them and vacuums and all kinds of other things. Um, (laughs) Amway, you name it. Um, But this investment they made in these, I think, 10 books changed my life. And so every night before I went to bed, they would read the stories, and there would be pictures that would bring it to life. And deposit that in your kids. Download that each and every night. 
before they go to bed. And then when they get older, release them more and more. Let them start reading God's Word. One way that I released my kids in their teenage years was I taught them about uh, a great book to read is Proverbs because there's 31 chapters and there's 30 to 31 days in the month. So read one chapter a day and when you get to the end, tell me what God has taught you and you'll get a reward because <laughs> rewards work. Um, and, but those would be the kinds of things that I would do to help my kids, to help our kids learn the voice of Jesus. In fact, um, we, we actually realized this was catching on with our daughter in her earlier years. Um, she, uh, we were on a trip one time with my family, and my dad thought he would be really nice because he knows that my daughter loves Krispy Kreme donuts, and we all love Krispy Kreme donuts. And, um, and so he got Krispy, Krispy Kreme donuts the night before we were going to have them for breakfast. And so he left them in the kitchen, and the next morning we got up, and my daughter was up before anybody, and she was sitting at the kitchen table, and the box of Krispy Kreme donuts was completely gone. She ate all the donuts. We were about ready to get her in trouble when we asked her, Katie, why did you eat all those donuts? And this is what she said, Jesus told me to eat all the donuts. Well, guess I can't get mad at you now. <laughs> of course, it's a humorous way to say we want our kids to listen to the voice of God. So train your kids. Also, if you're intentionally training your kids, train them how to pray. Pray for them. You know, I believe the one reason that me and my two brothers are serving the Lord today, involved in our churches and passionate about our faith is because our parents prayed for us every day. We knew it. We felt it. We saw it. Our parents prayed. Pray for your children. Intercede for them. Pray a hedge of protection around them. Prayer makes such a huge difference in our kids' lives. Are you modeling that? Are you training your kids to develop a lifestyle of prayer? My kids don't know it, but many nights, many, many nights, I would be standing outside both of their doors with my arms stretched like this, just praying for them. Lord, protect them. Build a hedge of protection around them. Lord, give them wisdom. May they choose good friends. Lord, help me to be the parent that you want me to be. Forgive me for my mistakes, Lord. I, I would just stand there and pray at their doors, and they never knew it. They were asleep. And I know many of you have done that. I know my parents did that. Uh, prayer changes things, you guys. It shifts the wind. It shifts the direction that we go in our life. God leads us to places of safety. He leads us to places of favor. Years ago, I am going to totally date myself right now, but I graduated in 1992 from Temecula Valley High School. Yep, right here in the valley. Is Ryan in the house? Ryan, you out there? We got, there's my golden bear. Nicely done, Ryan. Thank you so much. I needed that. He did that last night. Hopefully, you're at the 11 o'clock, too. I'm going to need you. Um, but I graduated in 1992, and a couple weeks before my graduation, an event took place that actually was an event that was known all throughout our nation. And the morning that this took place, I was late. I had my alarm clock, uh, surprise, I was a high school student getting up late for school. Um, and, um, but I was late, running a few minutes behind, and I really didn't want to be late to my first period class, but I knew I was going to be late. And so I was getting dressed really fast and got in my pickup truck, my Mazda B2200 with a rainbow going down the side. Um, I still don't know why I got that truck, but anyways... Um, um, and as I was pulling out of the driveway, my mom comes running out of the garage. She's all, stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, mom, I can't. I got to get to school. She's like, no, 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 come here, come here, come, come here. And I was a little frustrated with my mom. To be honest, in this moment, I was really frustrated. Like, mom, I don't have time. She's like, just come here, come here, come here, come here. She's like, I want to pray for you. And I'm like, mom, I don't have time. So I'm like, I'm like okay. So like, she's praying for me. Lord, protect my son and just be with him today. And I'm like really frustrated during her prayer. 
and she's done, and then I, I, bye mom, and I run back to the car, and I think I peeled out of the driveway just to prove my point. And, um, and I'm on my way to school, heading down Margarita, and I'm heading up the hill towards Rancho Vista, which is where you go to turn to Temecula Valley High School, and I'm at the crest of the hill heading down, and at the crest of the hill, I see this plume of smoke in the intersection. And as I'm coming down the hill and getting closer, my car was the first car to that intersection, and I stopped at the left-hand turn lane there and realized a horrific accident had just happened. And it was a border patrol crash, and nine people ended up dying, and it made a national news story. And as that day was playing out and the helicopters were circling, you could see my car there in the left-hand turn lane as the helicopters were going around. And, and my, my parents and people saw my truck. And later on the day, I connected with my parents and they were just so thanking the Lord. And it hit me the next day. Wait a second, my mom stopped me to pray for me. And I was doing the math and the time in my head. and Oh, my goodness. My mom's prayer for protection played out. Yeah. Prayer changes things in your kid's life. Maybe your child right now is not walking with the Lord. Maybe your relationship with your kids is not what you'd want it to be. Maybe your child is a newborn and you're so nervous about their future because you see the news. Prayer changes things. Are you praying for your kids? Are you intentionally training them? The other thing is that we need to train is that discipline is still relevant today. We still need to discipline our kids. I hear an amen. Was that Brenda back there? Thank you, Brenda, whoever that was. Proverbs 29, 17 says, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Discipline still works, you guys. Discipline your kids. As you're tr intentionally training them, know that discipline makes such a big difference. You know, when I was a kindergartner, I think I was on the verge of becoming a thief. And God used a gold crayon to change this in me. This is a true story. I had one of those Crayola crayon sets. They had like uh, 20 different crayons, and you open it up, and they were different layered. But there was always the coveted gold crayon. That's the crayon you wanted. And the night before I was going to school the next day, my gold crayon broke, and I was sad. And so now I had this crayon box missing one crayon, the coveted gold crayon. So the next day I took my box of crayons to school and <clears throat> I was, uh, we were coloring and, um, and as we're coloring, um, the student next to me uh, had a gold crayon they weren't using. And so when they looked the other way, I just took the crayon right out of their box <laughs> and I put it in my box and then I shut the box. And it worked so perfectly in the moment. And then I got home that night. And at dinner, my dad was, he, he started asking me, is there something you want to tell me? Like, no, no. Well, how did school go today? Everything go good? Yeah, yeah, dad, no. Everything's good. He's like, are you sure there's nothing you want to tell me right now? And like in slow motion. And I'm like, no, there's nothing I want to tell you right now. We all know these moments. We've had them with our parents. They know there's something going on, and we're like, how do you know what's really going on inside of me? Are you reading my mind? Of course, <laughs> we know the Holy Spirit's talking to our parents. My dad grabbed my box of crayons, and he said, there's a gold crayon in here, and you didn't have one last night when you went to school. And I just started crying. I was like, Dad, I stole the crayon. I'm so sorry. He loved me and gave me a little old-fashioned punishment. You know what I mean by that. 
it, it <laughs> and then he said, here's what you're going to do. The next day, you're going to go find your teacher and that student, and you're going to bring that crayon back, and you're going to apologize and say you're sorry for what you did. And I remember that walk of shame. It changed my life. I never wanted to feel that way again. And so that was the last time I stole. I did other things bad, but I, I didn't steal again. Because my parents disciplined me. They trained me. Are you intentionally training your children? See, if we do these things, we'll start to download what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Then someday you get to see the results of your kids who are standing in church worshiping the Lord or like my daughter who's, a worship, who's leading worship at her church or my son who graduated from a Christian university with a business degree and he's serving the Lord today. You get to have those moments down the road when you see the things that you deposited, that you downloaded from God's truth will pay off eventually. Don't give up. And I want to speak to empty nesters and grandparents for just a minute. Be the mentor you either had or wish you had to a younger couple. Be a mentor to a parent. Talk about what it means to parent. You're never too old to make a difference. And to the young person in the room who's not a parent yet, you're never too young to learn. Listen and pray and trust that God will lead you down the right path in your life as you someday become a parent or get married. What are you downloading into your kids? Are they getting the world's operating system or God's kingdom operating system? You see, you're not always going to get things right. In fact, you're going to make mistakes as parents, and that's okay. Because if you're listening to the Lord when you make those mistakes... Your children will watch how you correct those mistakes. Your children will watch how you go from doing something wrong to striving to do something right. And that models God's kingdom operating system in them. You can make a difference as a parent, as a grandparent, as an influencer of the next generation. God wants to use you to change this generation. Time slips by so quickly. Before you know it, your kids get old. Before you know it, you have grandkids. But let me tell you, it's never too late to get back in the game. It's never too late to see God use you to change and shift the course of this next generation. God wants to use you to make a difference in your child's life, in your grandchild's life, in your student's life. In the life of that neighbor kid, God wants to use you to make a difference because you see children are a gift from the Lord. Psalms 127.3 says that children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. What are you downloading in your kids? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, that we get to partner with you as we parent our kids, as we impact the next generation. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we would learn what it is, God, to download your kingdom operating system in this generation. Lord, to model what it means to love you with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength. God, that we would model it, that we would build a relationship with our kids. Lord, that we would intentionally train. God, use us to make a difference as parents. And Lord, I, I want to pray right now. For some people, this topic of parenting is difficult. Maybe they have a broken relationship with their parents. Or maybe they have a broken relationship with their kids. I just pray right now for those, God, who have a broken relationship with their kids or a family member, Lord, would you restore that in Jesus' name right now? Would you bring that relationship back whole, Lord? Would it be a representation to the rest of the family and to the world, God, that you restore broken relationships? 
God, you want the family to be restored because the family is the representation of our relationship with you to the world. It matters, God. It matters so much. So God, I pray, God, for parents who have gotten sideways with their kids. Lord, I pray for families right now who are dealing with a child who has walked away from you, who has become that prodigal child. God, in Jesus' name, would you give divine wisdom to those parents right now? Would you just reach into the lives of those young people, God, who have gone astray and bring them back to you in Jesus' mighty name? You can restore, God, things that are broken. And God, for those that are in the room right now or watching online right now at home who are saying, man, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. How can I even think about having one with those around me? Lord, what I know is that you want to restore broken relationships. And the one that matters most is our relationship with you, our heavenly Father. God, if there is someone sitting out there right now who feels a tug in their heart to surrender their life back to you for the first time, or maybe they've gotten away from you, God, and they want to rededicate their life to you right now because, God, they want to be that model, that role model to the next generation. They want to see healthy relationships. God, they want to turn the tide of this nation because they know that something's not right. If, if there are those today here in the room or online that want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'm just going to ask you right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, raise your hands high wherever you're at and keep that hand up right now so I can pray for you. Amen. I see your hands in the back. I see your hand in the front. I see a hand right here. Hmm. I just want to give this a minute. If you want to get your relationship with God right, raise your hand. And if you're watching at home right now, just type in the screen, I need Jesus, and someone will pray with you. Someone will connect with you. And Just repeat this prayer after me, everyone in the room, especially those with their hands lifted. Lord Jesus, I need you. I admit that I've gone astray in my life. Lord, I'm, I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness of my sins. So just as we learned in communion earlier, Lord, thank you for dying for me. Thank you, God, for being, for raising from the dead three days later that I might have new life in you. So, Lord, I invite you to be Lord of my life right now. Lord, my commitment to you is to do my best to learn what it means to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.